Blog Talk Radio. Tyson Roush. You can follow the show on our website, ncmmaradio.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, underscore radio. The follows, the listens, the support, all greatly appreciated. Uh, on this show, we have a very special guest. It's Frankie Perez, who is a great fighter, former UFC fighter, also an instructor at NCMMA. So, Frankie, this is Tyson. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me on the show again, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem, dude. I appreciate your time. How's retirement treating you? <laughs> uh, well, uh, retirement's great, man. Honestly, I'm having uh, having fun training again. So, uh, having a good time, just training and uh, enjoying my life, man. I've been traveling a hell of a lot, and uh, just really just taking um, every step I can to a, a happy life. Yeah, no doubt. And the one thing we see at NC MMA is you've been you've been pretty active training, man. You've been doing some sparring, some boxing, some kickboxing. What's that all about? You just trying to stay active, or do you have a little trick up your sleeve on June 11th? Yeah, um, well, I am getting back into action. Um, June 11th, I'll be doing my uh, pro debut kickboxing for a charity fund. Um, trying to raise some money for uh, multiple sclerosis and uh, jar of hope. So I'm um, doing that, but yeah, man. I, I mean, I've been sparring, training a lot. Uh, one because um, uh, I took a lot of time off and, and I started having fun training again. So I train because I want I want to be there, you know. But uh, also because I mean, all my teammates have huge fights coming up. So and I'm one of the guys that can emulate just about anybody out there. So uh, I like to be that guy helping them out, getting ready for the big fights. Yeah, no doubt. Now, what is it like? We see you. You're training with like Edson Barbosa, who's a dynamic striker and just lightning quick. And then you have a guy like Eddie Alvarez, who's like just a bruising. It's a real powerful guy. What is it? What is it like sparring with them? It sucks, but it's great at the same time. You know, it's kind of like a bittersweet moment. You know, um, sweet because you're you're training with you know top level guys, the best lightweights in the world, and bitter because they hit hard. You know. But, uh, I mean, it's great, man. The, the entire Iron Army, you know, the entire team is incredible. You know, with Frankie uh, facing Aldo, Marlon's getting another fight um, with um, Hill. And then you got Eddie fighting for the title. Edson's on his way, um, you know, into the top five, you know, possibly a, a contender, you know. So, uh, and Corey Anderson coming, you know, making his moves. So, uh you started talking about Corey Anderson, Frankie, and it's interesting you mentioned that because I spoke to him a couple of days ago following his fight, and obviously as a member of the Iron Army, it's disappointing because most people thought he won that fight two rounds to three. What was your take on that just from, like, a coach's perspective and then also as, like, a very good friend? 
I'm going to tell you right now, man. Honestly, um, as being a bystander, not knowing Corey, I thought he won the fight. Um, I thought he won the fight all around. Was it a very close fight? Yes. Were we in Brazil? Yes. You know, um, you know, did he? he didn't couldn't leave it to the judges, you know, and uh, being in Brazil fighting a guy like Shogun in his hometown, you know, but he went out there and tried to finish the fight multiple times, you know, did he let Shogun off a couple of times? Yeah, I think so, but it's just one of those things that you just kind of got to bite the bullet and, and, and take it, you know, um, Shogun had about 45 seconds of that entire fight to himself, and I think Corey ran the entire fight from beginning to end, so um, it was kind of tough as a coach um, because I did notice some things that he was doing wrong that could have probably potentially got him the, the, the head nod. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things that you got to learn from and grow from, you know, and you got to look at the good things about it. You know, you went the distance with a guy that's got, you know, a decade of training over you, you know, and uh, one of the biggest names in Brazil. And you just went to a split decision with him, you know, so – it's just tough, man. The split decision loss is, I rather, you know, from Corey's, on Corey's side, you know, I I talked to him too, and he's like, man, I would have rather got knocked out. I know the feeling, man. When I lost my first fight, I lost my split decision to a kid that I I thought and everybody thought I beat, you know, and uh, it's just that one judge that that saw it, you know, the other guy's way. So uh, it's just one thing you got to learn from, you know, and just go back in the gym and fix it, you know. Yeah, no doubt. And that's the same thing he said. He, he mentioned the same thing where he's like, he'd rather just have been knocked out. Cause it's just, you have the could have, the should have, then you have kind of like the, the bias in Brazil, which is unfortunate, all those things. And, you know, knowing Corey, the way you know him, can you see him just bounce? He says he's taking some time off, which of course that's expected, but do you see him bouncing back like bigger, stronger, and better than ever? Oh, absolutely. Corey's one of those kids that, you know, when he lost to Gian, I went to the back to make sure he was all right. And he had the most high hopes, and he was just like, hey, stuff happens, you know, when you win the whole fight. You don't win until the last bell rings. So he's like, let's just get back in the gym and get stronger, you know, which is crazy because his jaw was hanging out of his mouth, you know what I mean? So to be like the mindset that he has, it's still so young. And uh, being 26 years old, man, the kid's only got three years in the game. You know, I'm 27, and uh, I have just about 10 years, you know what I mean? So I have seven years on Corey, which is crazy, you know, all the years that he's been wrestling and stuff. So he's got a great mindset right now, and, uh, you know, he's taking some vacation time. The thing about Corey is he doesn't take any rest, you know. He trains seven days a week, even though we try to calm him down. He just, he doesn't, you know. His mindset's always just train hard because your opponent's not training as hard as you are, so... He'll be back. He'll be strong. He'll be he'll be up, up up top again, man. Yeah, no doubt. You mentioned some other fighters. I mean, Edson Barbosa is on a great roll. Just you know, great win. You know, beating Anthony Pettis, and now he's got a great matchup with Gilbert Melendez. What do you see in, in, in Edson Barbosa? It seems like his time here in New Jersey. Now that he's getting full fight camps in, he looks like better than ever in terms of striking. He's having fun, man. He's going out there and having fun, and that's Edson's biggest issue. Is you know, all of our, all of us fighters, when we don't sign a contract and we're out here just training to train, that's the most fun you'll ever have in a training camp, you know, before a training camp. 
once you sign on that dotted line, for some reason, goes through all of us in our mind, and everything's got to be perfect. All of a sudden, you get tight, you get stressed, you know. And uh, now I think Essen's over that hump, you know. He's, he's having fun. He's putting things together. He's believing in himself. You know, he's believing that he can hang with all these guys. We know Essen's striking is phenomenal. We know he's got probably the best striking at, in lightweight right now, you know, in, in the lightweight division, if not in the entire UFC. <clears throat> but, you know, his people think his downside is his wrestling and, and his jiu-jitsu, which is not. That's his wrestling and jiu-jitsu is very good it's, if he believes it is, you know, and that's, I think he's getting to the point that he believes that his wrestling and his, you know, jiu-jitsu are on another level. And he's going to start having fun now, man. I, I think especially after the Pettis fight, his confidence is through the roof, and uh, you're going to see some fireworks coming out of that kid soon. Yeah, no doubt. And you see Edson when he walks in, when he walks in NCMMA, he has a big smile on his face, and he's just, he's all smiles, and then he trains, and you see, he's like, he's just feeling it right now. And the two other guys you mentioned earlier were uh, Marlon Moraes and Frankie Edgar. You know, as, as a fighter, what is it like training with them and things you learn from them? And just as captains, how much do they help you? Marlon Edson came on the team years ago in the old Ricardo Almeida gym um, when Frankie, I believe, was fighting Benson. And uh, they've been such uh, a key part into our team in and out of the gym, you know. They're like, they're old school like we are. They're very family orientated, but uh, they're they're all about team, you know. And uh, Marlon's such a great guy, man, in and out of the gym. He, he's just one of those guys that's always trying to help and making sure everybody's cool, but always joking around with us. And, uh, you know, when he doesn't have a fight, he's at uh, NCMMA teaching or, you know, helping guys that have fights coming up, giving them rounds, whatever size they are. And, uh, you, you you just can't find guys like that anymore, you know what I mean? Um, they're, they're just not bred that way anymore. And uh, with Frankie, man, I mean, he's the captain of the Iron Army, man. He's always, you know, holding down the team and uh, making sure everybody's doing what they got to do. And, I mean, Frankie's like a brother to me, you know what I mean? So he's the one that brought me up to this team years ago, and uh, he's the one that's always looking out for everybody, making sure everybody's doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, with our team, it, it's, Nobody has to push anybody else. It's we just know what we have to do to get done and be and be winners, you know. And um, Frankie, you know, he's the top of the top of the ladder with all that. So we just all, you know, follow in his footsteps and know everything will be great. So that's that's what's great about our team. We're not the biggest team, but we are one of the baddest teams on the planet. Yeah, no doubt. And are you ever surprised when you have that many like stars and high level fighters and just like it's like a pay per view event when you guys spar? Are you ever surprised that there's not more, like, problems, like you guys all get along so well and you all put each other? Like, there's not really, like, egos that separate anybody? Can you repeat that question again? I mean, are you ever surprised when you, you guys are all in there and you have so many, like, high-level fighters, like all top-ranked fighters, you know, stars in UFC, stars in Bellator, World Series of Fighting. Are you surprised that egos never get in the way and that you guys are such a close-knit group? Yeah, man, I'm not going to say, you know, every day, in the gym is all about, you know, laughs and roses and, and, and we're all having a good time because there is days that, you know, I'm in a bad mood or Frank is in a bad mood or one of the guys are in a bad mood and we just kind of deal with it, you know, or we have a hard sparring session that we get in each other's heads. But, I mean, 90% of the time we're all on good terms, you know. I just think that's because we're, we're not teammates, you know. We're brothers, you know. We're very close. We hang out outside of the gym with our families and you know when it's summertime we're always at either Frankie's house my house Marlon's house you know 
barbecuing or whatever, hanging out, you know? So it's not a, you know, when Marlon Essing first got here, it was more like a business thing, like, hey, you're helping sparring, you know, we're paying you to hang out and, and make sure you're, you know, giving us good rounds. But now it's, well, we're like brothers out, in and out of the gym, you know? So we know how to push each other's buttons to make each other laugh or to push a little harder. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing, you know? Some of these teams, like, you know, the Black Zillions and ATT, dude, there's so many guys on the mat, you can't get to know one each other. You know what I mean? It's it's more just business. You go there, you spar, you leave. You know what I mean? You have your outside life. Here, it's, our team's so small that we can have an outside life with our entire team. So it's, 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 it's a great thing, man. Yeah, and I guess the, the last question for you about your team, which is this amazing team, is, is Mark Henry. We, we talked to Mark Henry about a week or two ago, and, my my first question for him was, when do you sleep? It seems like with all these big fights, he's always on the go, either watching sparring, doing knits, or you know, cornering somebody. So, how important is Mark Henry to this entire piece? Man, I'm gonna tell you, Mark Henry is a special individual, a special special individual, and uh, I owe a lot to him and Raquel Almeida. I mean, some teams out there roll off with ten coaches, eight coaches, you know. And none of those guys in those other big gyms get the, you know, attention that they should be getting because there's so many guys there. What Ricardo and Mark have done um, on our team is just being able to adjust to everybody's style and, and be able to give everybody the air attention that they need. And Mark is an individual that goes, just knows, he knows how to win. He knows how to strategize, but he also knows how to, you know, be that guy in and out of the gym to comfort you and make sure that everything's okay outside of the gym and make sure you're doing the right thing inside the gym. And, I mean, Mark goes beyond any other coach I've ever had or seen um, besides, you know, game plan and making up codes, watching videotaping sparring, going over sparring, and just being that guy. I mean, Mark and I hang out all the time. We talk on the phone all the time. Just it's more of a friendship that he has with all of us you know, fighters, and uh, I think that's what goes across, you know, like Ricardo, Mark, and, and Brian Blue, and Nick Catone, like, we all have a special, special relationship that, you know, we can talk outside the gym and inside the gym and, and, and know when it's business and when it's, you know, pleasure. So I think Mark is the, the captain of the coaches by doing that. He's making sure that we're all, our head's in it and we're all doing great, but he also knows what we have to do in order to get that hand raised at the end of the day. Uh, Mark is just such a key factor that no other team has or, or can have. Yeah, no, I mean, you can see, you can actually see when you guys are all just training or sparring, just his, like, it takes a personal investment in it. And you can just see it, the camaraderie, all that. Um, I guess the last thing is just June 11th. Can you tell us more about the, the fundraiser and what you're raising awareness for and money for? Yeah, man. So uh, my sister has been um, battling with multiple sclerosis for over 10 years now. And uh, so we always do walks or runs for it. And it's great. You know, I don't mind doing the walks and runs, but I wanted to do something a little more and try to get the MMA and fighting uh, community involved, you know. And um, so I just... uh, jumped on board with Char of Hope, which is a uh, mustard organization, um, which uh, James Raffone is uh, fighting for his son's life. His son has Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is one of the rarest, most aggressive um, forms of it. But the cure for that 
actually could possibly help with MS. And uh, so we're raising money for the research in that muscular dystrophy because it possibly could help with multiple sclerosis. So I decided to, uh, you know, get back in action because I've been missing it a lot and go have some fun in a charity fight and, you know, bring awareness to it but also get some support behind it from the, you know, fighting community, you know, um, I think I have a big following and a lot of people know me, so I think it'd be a great cause. So my parents' organization is hosting the event, World Class Kickboxing Championship 7, um, at Shooting Park in North Bergen, New Jersey, on June 11th. Uh, I'll be the main event, and uh, we'll have a fundraiser that day as well. But um, 50% of my ticket sales uh, will be going to um, a charity. So um, either Jar of Hope or whatever muscular dystrophy um, or multiple sclerosis charity my sister wants to choose. And uh, we're going to try to fight this thing, you know. I'm just trying to bring awareness and, and do something a little different that uh, nobody's really have done out there. No, no, I give you a lot of credit for you. A lot of credit for it. I mean, it's a phenomenal cause, and you're doing a great thing for it. Now, what is the best way for people to donate or to get involved with you and support you? So uh, the best way to donate, uh, honestly, is come out and support. Uh, we're not going to run a GoFundMe or stuff like that. I mean, I like to GoFundMe, but it's a little different when it's a little bit more personal, you know, when you actually come to the fight and actually see what we're doing, you know. Sometimes those GoFundMe, a lot of people are a little tentative because, uh, you know, you don't know really where the money's going, but here you do, you know. So that day we'll be running. We'll have a couple of drawers going around. I think we're going to do a 50-50. And uh, just come out and support. You know, the more tickets you buy from me personally, is the more you'll be donating to uh, the charity of choice. So um, just come out and support June 11th. Um, you can buy tickets online at uh, deadseriousmma.com or um, just find me on Facebook or Instagram um, at Team Frankie Perez and uh, be able to buy tickets. I have 200 tickets available. Um, I believe half of them are gone already, and I've only had a ticket two days. So um, make sure you guys get your tickets fast. Uh, I'm looking to make this as big as possible, you know, and uh, hopefully everybody can come out and support and enjoy some fights. Yeah, no doubt. I'm looking, definitely looking forward to it. So, Frankie, thank you for your time. We will do our best to, you know, promote it, you know, our social media and everything else, and Definitely help you raise some awareness and raise some funny, you know, money for a great cause. So thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on and uh, always supporting me, big guy. I really do appreciate it, you and the entire MMA radio. Cool, man. Well, we'll see, we'll see you on the match on a Tuesday night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. All right, once again, that was uh, Frankie Perez. He was kind enough to join us. Um, talk about you know his career, the his team, the Iron Army, which is just on a roll right now. It's a who's who of top level fighters, um, led by Mark Henry, Ricardo Almeida, Nick Catone, and Frankie Egg, all these guys. So we want to thank Frankie for his time. Be sure to check out his his fundraiser, support him. June 11th, Shootson Park, um, great venue for fights. So check out his fight, support the cause, and we'll talk to you guys again next time.